Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems to may break or tear our support. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're all able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go to our chat room, which is available right now. You can ask your questions, send your comments, or leave your prayer request. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, where our senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Okay. Question. As a Christian, make sure it's off. Okay. Sorry about that. As a Christian, do you feel like the oddball in society, at work, or even in your family? It seems like the ungodly behavior of others are being promoted or even rewarded while those who are trying to live and do the right thing are called weird, they made fun of, called crazy, all these things. But even in those difficult times, Jesus promised that he would be with us and he will help us to live a life that is pleasing to him. So on today's show, we're going to give a word of encouragement to help those who are Trying to live a Christian life in spite of the pressure, the negative influence of, of others, and much more things we're going to talk about in the episode called Living Save in a Secular World. <clears throat> you know, today's society is so much different than it was when we grew up. I remember as a kid, we were able to watch TV all together as a family. There was a certain time they were called, it was called prime time. Prime time television would often come on around 7, 8 o'clock, and those are the hours that the family could come together and watch TV. And it was always something wholesome, something spiritually edifying, something that was, uh, you know, like I said, decent for every one of the family members to watch. <clears throat> but now, 
primetime television has changed and there's nudity, there's profanity. And back in the day, you can have one TV and that one TV would be in the living room for you to watch it with your family. But now, we're in a society where every room has a television and now you can't even watch TV with your own children. And get this, we're not just talking about them having profanity and nudity on cable. No, they even having it on national television during prime time, prime time television. It is so backwards. And unfortunately, it's like they're trying, they, they're having a, an agenda to make us lose our morals, our moral ethics, our character. The moral ethics of society has been reduced so low. The morals have been so, it's changed, it's been so tainted. And it's, it's, it's sad when you're trying to watch TV. I have a 13-year-old son, going to be 13 on Friday. Trying to watch television with your child, and you have to cover up his ears, and then pretty soon I'm like, you know what, just change it, change it. You know, now this is the way I see it. If my 13-year-old son, son can't watch that TV show or listen to the music, I don't need to listen to it. And there are some may look at me, oh, man, you you being a square, or say, man, you know, you need to get with the times. And instead of them feeling bad or feeling shame because my son is in the area, they're looking at me funny. They're looking at me crazy. And I'm saying to myself, no, look here. We have to be we have to be mindful that these are the things that we're dealing with in society that's trying to make us become something that we're not. We're not meant evil. We are meant to be in the rhythm of what God has for us to be. But unfortunately, society, they don't care. They don't care about the morality. They don't even care about our Christian faith. Things have been changed from the olden days. Um, you can watch Western shows in they wouldn't say anything, but now it's like everything is out in the open. They don't leave anything to the imagination, but yet still we're considered the weird ones. You know, as far as family values, family values has changed. But right now everything is out in the open. Even while I was sharing about the family values, family values, it used to be where it was show the image of a father, a mother, and children. Now they try to change the the definition of family. They try to change it to where it's acceptable for it to be two mothers in the children or two fathers in the children. Now get this. Regardless of what it is, we are not hating the sinner. We're hating the sin. We're not hating the sinner. 
God loves the sinner. He hates the sin. But God can rescue the sinner out of the sin and clean them. So it's the same thing that God has done for us, he can do for them. But it's funny. People are trying to make us, listen, they're trying to make us accept, accept their quote-unquote philosophy or their quote-unquote doctrine, but it ain't biblical. God is a gentleman. God doesn't force himself upon them, upon us. But if you notice, things that are forced themselves upon you are ungodly. If God is a gentleman, but the devil is not, and anything that will try to force you against your will is witchcraft. But it's mighty funny how they would, society, try to thrust their ideology or their opinions upon us. But yet still, they tell us we have no rights. They, they'll easily, when it comes down to them, they would easily say, well, you know, um, well, all I can say is, uh, you know, I got my rights or um, it's my first, my, my first amendment rights, okay? But when we try to express ourselves, then that's when they try to censor us. But don't you know, in the midst of all of that, God promised that he would never leave us for sake because he will help us. In whatever situation that we're in, and you know what? No matter what it seems like, no matter what it seems like, it may be frustrating, but God promised to help us. I will say this. Even me as a young man, if I'm walking down the street, the first thing that they would assume because of me walking down the street, I may have on... They may have on some jeans, what about that? The first thing, if I'm not sagging, if I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to say limping, but if I'm not walking with a strut and gangster side, the first thing they're going to look at me, oh, he's square. That's the kind of society that we're living in. He's square. It's acceptable for me as a man. They would rather see me or they would uh, assume that I might have had because of my age or um, because of my race. They may think that I may have had some type of criminal record or may have four or five children out of wedlock and, and all those things, just assuming. But when I tell them, oh, no, I'm saving myself till I get married, then that's when, oh, man, you, you need to give up on that. You know, everything pertaining to right has been tarnished in people's eyesight. And like I said, they're not encouraging. They're not encouraging those who are trying to do right. I would say this. A lot of times it's easy for us as men and women, as adults, if we tell them just like how we see on society, on TV, if we tell them we behave that way, then it's acceptable. But if we tell them that we are Christians or we saving ourselves till we get married or we believe in, you know, dating one person at a time, if we tell them that, 
oh, they're going to think we're crazy. They look at us as being crazy if we stand up for what's right. I mean, it, it, it sounds crazy. It sounds it sounds simple, but yet these things are not enforced. There's so many people that trying to do the right thing, but yet still, they are the ones that are being made fun of. I want to share a story with you. I'll share this with you. I was speaking about I was in Walmart one time, and when I went to Walmart, went to Walmart, and as I'm walking, all of a sudden, this lady, and this was why we were in the front, this lady came and grabbed my private part. Now, the first thing, being honest with you, I got offended. I had to catch myself. It made me think, man, now, let's just say if the shoes were on the other foot, if I, as a man, had done that to her, what would have happened? I probably would have still been sitting in jail. If I had told the police, me being, a, if I was a female, oh, excuse me, if her being a female and I was a guy and I did that to her, if she had told the police, the police would have immediately got me, took me down to jail, handcuffed me and everything. But me being a guy, think about what society would say or do. If I end up telling the police what happened, would they do the same thing to her as what they would have done to me? The answer is no. That's being real. Uh uh-uh. uh. They wouldn't have. They would have said, Man, look here, man, what you what you are upset about, man, that's free. See? Mm-mm. So that's the society that we're living in. You know, it like I said, right now, unfortunately, sex sells. Sex sales. If someone is trying to do the right thing, they just uh, they just brush over them. I've seen even where on TV, it's almost like the more babies that a guy has outside of wedlock, or the more baby mamas that he has, what happens? Oh, it's almost like a trophy to him. It's unfortunate. But right now, what are we doing about it? Unfortunately, we are the ones. We can't wait for society to make a change. We can't make we can't wait for society. We are the ones that have to make the change. I'm gonna give you a couple of scriptures that really stood out to me. First and foremost, John 10th chapter, the 6th through the 26th verse. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm just going to kind of just tell you what it's talking about. Actually, it's Jesus praying for us. He's praying for the disciples. He He was praying for the disciples that were there with him during that time. And then later on in the verse, he prays for the future disciples. It's talking about us. But also, I know it can be very frustrating where it seems like while you're doing the right thing, you're not getting appreciated, you're not even getting acknowledged. Now, don't get me wrong. 
I know that people like to encourage those who have overcome things, those who may have fell off, and now they're on a straight street, if you want to call it. That's good. But what about those people who never done anything wrong? We applaud those children who are going back to college, who are going back to school, those who maybe have dropped out, but they're going back, those who may have been incarcerated, but now they've turned their life around. But what about those who never did anything bad or wrong, those who have always tried to do the right thing? Can we appreciate them? Can we give them a word of encouragement to keep on keeping on? You know, we often talk about the prodigal son. We 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 think about and talk about the younger son who went off, but eventually he came back to his senses. But also, what about this? How about we talk about the son that was always there? So those are the things we have to think about. I will say this. I remember years ago, I went over to a friend of mine's house, a friend of mine grandmother's house, and she said something that really stood out to me, and this might have been in 91. She said, to be noticed is to be different. To be noticed is to be different. We as believers... We have to remember this. This is coming actually from First Peter 2 and 9. It talked about us being peculiar people. Us as believers, we are peculiar people. Does that mean that we are uh, any special than any other person? No. It just means that we're different. We don't think like society or the world think. We don't operate like society or the world does. Like I said, that doesn't mean that we're better. We're just different. We think from a different place or at a different level. We think on eternity while the world may think Temporary, right here, just the earthly. Our home, we're storing it. Our home, we're setting ourselves for eternity, our home in eternity. But those that are of the world set their home for here. And we know here is going to pass away. But our eternal home that we're reaching for and that we're building for is not just going to help us in eternity, but we're going to receive the benefits here on earth before we even get to eternity. We as believers, we have an ever-present help, and that's Jesus Christ. We have someone that can help us in our time of need and in our time of want. We have someone that will help us and give us the strength to overcome and resist whatever temptation that the devil may try to throw at us or the peer pressure that other people may throw upon us. In other words, it will help us to say no and not just listen to them and say, but sometimes you have to run from them. You know, when you look at Joseph in the Bible, Joseph, Joseph was tempted 
he was tempted, and he ran. He ran out of his jacket. So that way, he wouldn't even have to be tempted by them saying, oh, he, he slept with the king's wife. And she, she tried to throw herself at him. But you think about it. She tried to throw himself at him. Now, some people would have gave in, but it just shows he, his integrity. It shows his morals. It shows his character. And that's what's going to help us if we, if we rely upon God to help us so that way we won't allow our reputation or our character to be tarnished. I felt out something. I know that peer pressure is going to try to come, but I found out not just peer pressure is going to come, but also accusations are going to come. That's something, and I'm going to be honest with you, that's something I have to I have to pray and ask God to help me where when accusations come, just because accusations come, don't take it to heart. And I found out this. Accusations gonna come. You just make sure it ain't true. <laughs> I found out when you doing what God helped you to do, when you trying to do the right thing, and when you try to help people, there are people that's gonna that's gonna actually slander your name. There's gonna be people that's gonna falsely accuse you. I realize that you don't have to do anything wrong for people to talk about you. Get this: they talked about Jesus. They're going to talk about us. So we have to be prepared for it. Don't let it be a surprise when people talk about you. You just make sure whatever they're talking about, make sure it ain't true. And I know that, um, matter of fact, when the episode ends, I'm going to listen to this again tonight. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, because to be honest with you, let's be real. When people talk about us, it's hurtful. Now, I'm not saying just anybody talk about you, but even sometimes those that are close to you, or even those that you expect to know you, even those people that you would assume that would know you, it's heartbreaking. It could be very, it could be, it could be very discouraging. But I want to say this: take this to heart. God can help us in whatever situation that we're in to help us to overcome whatever comes our way. We have to think about this. We have an ever-present help and someone that's willing to help us in our time of need, even when we're feeling weak or even when we're feeling vulnerable. Romans 16 and 25 tell us, Now unto him who is able to strengthen you by my gospel and by the proclamation of Jesus Christ. But also, Jude 24 is only one chapter in Jude. So, this is the, if you want to say 24th chapter, uh, excuse me, 24th verse, so to speak. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling. No matter what situations come, no matter how much people may try to entice you to do the wrong thing. Jesus is saying, I'm here to help you to overcome whatever situation, whatever temptation. And you don't have to respond in the way that they want you to. You don't have to respond that way. 
stop right here. I'm going to take a little pause right here, and I'm going to go to the phone line and allow those who are on the air to share whatever they would like. And I'm so glad you all were patient to listen. I didn't know that um, there was some problems earlier, and I totally apologize, but I thank you all for being patient and listening. We're going to go to the phone line right now. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. Hello? Hello, how you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Good, 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 good. I'm I'm sorry that there was some uh, technical difficulties earlier, but I'm glad that you were able to to hold on. And um, you're welcome. First of all, we really enjoy your presence on here. Um, if you'd like to share anything, you're welcome to at this time. The contents are so filling and and moving to uh, I'm I'm just absorbing it and really enjoying it. Yeah. Mm. I, I appreciate the broadcast and the opportunity to be able to be a part of it, but I'm, I feel more like a absorbing right now rather than. <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. Well, I, I thank you much and continue to listen and continue to um, keep us in prayer. And I really appreciate you. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you very much. All right, all right. Thank you, thank you. You know. I want to I want to share this with you all. You know, what really struck me right now. I'm pretty sure we've all heard. You know, living saved and being saved is hard. We hear people say that, but it's really not really hard. It's not hard. It's actually easy. But what make it difficult is people. We allow people to try to make us dictate our life based upon their opinions. Just being real. A lot of times we really don't, if you want to say, we really don't consult God or really listen or look at God's leading. Sometimes we look at other people's leading. Sometimes we allow the influence of others to dictate our walk with God. That's where it becomes frustrating because now mentally we're trying to choose our allegiance between God and people. Or I'm going to say it like this. We are wrestling against our spirit where it should be with God or our emotions when we are attaching it to our friends or our family. That doesn't mean us any spiritually good. I say it doesn't mean us any spiritual good. That means that their motive or their agenda is not to promote God's kingdom or to advance us spiritually. So that's what make it. That's what make if you want to say Christianity difficult when it comes down to us. We're allowing our emotions to get in the way of listening to God. Are listening to the spirit of God in our walk with him. So when it boils down to it, the main thing we have to do is ask God to help us. 
to not go by opinions of others. This is some this is something that really caught my attention. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a few more few more scriptures. Second Corinthians five and seventeen, it tells us if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Look. Now, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are changed from within. But just because we're changed from within, excuse me, that doesn't mean, excuse me, that doesn't mean that God is going to cut off our hands and give us a brand new hand, or pull out our eyes and give us a brand new eyes. Mm-mm. Get this: just like a vehicle, you may have. An old vehicle that has listen that has a good frame, good frame, headlights work, and everything. But when you change the old motor and put a brand new motor, change the transmission and put a brand new transmission, time and belt, all these things. If you change the what's underneath the hood of the car. Even though on the outside it's an old car, but on the inside, or when you look at the whole car, there's actually a brand new car. Why? Because what makes up the car, which is within, is brand new. So in other words, um, there is something that, matter of fact, um, it was uh, Emerald Nagasa. It was a cook. He always said he was kicking up a notch. In other words, spice it up. You know, you put more, and you and you change from within. You change the mind when you become a Christian. Your mindset changes. The Bible tells us. It says we talk about the mind. Talk about uh, what the scripture. What the scripture. It says, "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind." And like I always say, the word transform is a word that means metamorphosis, which talks about what? Process. The other word that means process. And the word process has nothing to do with time, but everything to do with the will. So we have a different mindset, a different perspective on what? On life and on everything else. God has already given us the strength and the ability to have everything pertaining to life and godliness. That's actually Second Peter 1. He has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. That word life is not just talking about this physical life. It's talking about eternal life. He has given us everything pertaining to eternal life and godly living. That means having everything pertaining to eternity to get to heaven, but also godliness or godly living, being able to have heaven here on earth. So that means God is gonna God can help us and God has given us everything already. 
to enjoy life here and to enjoy the eternal home that we're going to. He has given us everything pertaining to that. But we have to what? We have to change our mindset. We have to change our mindset. Philippians 4 and 8, it tells us, finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of good report, there are some more scriptures here. There's anything that's, uh, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtues, if there be any praise, think on these things. Being able to think on these things. So we need to ask ourselves, what is our mindset on when it pertains to life? Is it pertaining to foolishness? Is it pertaining, is it pertaining to things that will feed you spiritually or will it frustrate you emotionally? I know some people, some people may say, well, you always talk about you know certain things that certain people may watch. But you think about this. Whatever you whatever you take in, whatever you feed your body, whatever you feed your body, you feed your body junk, when you work out, you're going to be able to feel it. But watch when you start putting nourishing food in your body, food that puts food that has life. Your body is going to respond differently. Your body is going to now start performing at its most optimal level. Why? Because you're putting in something that came from a living organism. But when you put junk in, then your body going to respond junkish. Why? Because what you put in now is working its way out of you. So that's on the natural. But what about even in the spirit? When people start watching... Uh, Desperate Housewives or Real Housewives of Atlanta or whatever other shows that are similar to that drama, what's going to happen? They're going to respond in the same way. And see, get this, those things go into your spirit and it sits dormant until an appointed time, until opportunity comes. Have y'all ever thought about that? It's so much that the devil wants to fool us with. And a lot of times he'll try to make a person feel like, well, it's okay, it ain't no harm. But in actuality, it is harm. It could be fatal. It could be spiritually, emotionally fatal. And see, what happened with a person don't realize, when you digest those things, get this, when you digest those things, those become the norm. And then some people, they look at it as entertainment. But when you look at it as entertainment, it's actually taming down your spirit, taming down or dumbing down your emotions, your intellect. And then what happens spiritually, we begin to gravitate to that in the natural 
or we begin to start receiving those kind of things. Why? Because spirits are real, and spirits are trying to lash themselves up with their quote-unquote spiritual cousins. What do I mean? Ashley, look forward to family reunions. So when you look at it, if there's a spirit, if there's a spirit of uh, alcoholism, if there's a spirit of alcoholism, a lot of times the spirit of alcoholism will try to attach itself to the spirit of anger or rage or unforgiveness. When you look at when you look at a place to have a lot of alcohol, well, excuse me, a lot of pornography, look at those areas. There could be the spirit of rape or abduction or alcohol or incest. When you look at that area, look at the area, lust, the spirit of lust. And then what happens? Now, the crime, the crime is high in the area. There may not be any robbers at that time, but it may be rape. And then what happens? Now, there could be some abortions. There could be suicide. There could be drugs. All of that, see, like I said, spirits are trying to latch on with like-minded spirits. See, the devil and his imps are unified, but we as believers, the devil trying to keep us divided. That old mentality says divide and conquer. The devil is trying to keep us divided. But God wants us to come together and help our brothers and sisters be able to help, not just in their time of need, but even in their time of want, to help, to encourage, to minister to one another, to sharpen each other's iron. The Bible tells us and asks, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. Yes, we need each other. We need each other. We, we have to depend upon each other. And I'm going to tell you like this. I thank God for the podcast. It ministered to me. I hope it ministered to you. But also, even for those who may call, those who I may see outside of this place, y'all minister to me. Like I said, iron sharpened iron. God has made us to have relationships with each other. In relationship with each other, that doesn't mean they have to be sexual. No. But to bond, you think about it. Animals come together. Animals bond. Animals enjoy each other. Animals play. But also human beings. God made us to have relationship with him, but also have relationship with our fellow brothers and sisters. God has made us that way. One of the things I always say, for a person to be well-rounded, they have to have four types of relationships. First of all, relationship with God. That's number one. But then also a relationship with the family. Social interaction, there's people outside of the family. But also another relationship, the fourth relationship, relationship with themselves. And you have to have a healthy balance. You have to have a healthy balance in all of them. I'll say it like this. 
I can sit in, in the prayer closet for a whole year and, have, and, and try to have a relationship with God where, you know, like myself, or don't deal with anybody else. My relationship with God may be good after that year or during that year. That may be good. But guess what? I'm failing in my relationship with people. I'm failing in my relationship with my family. But also I'm failing in my relationship with myself. God wants me to go out to not just minister, but also to just talk, break bread with people. And vice versa, allow them to break bread with me. So God wants us to be able to, what? God can help us to even be amongst people and not allow them to influence us, but even possibly us influence them. But get this, you use wisdom. Now, if you've struggled with something, don't be around people that are struggling in that same area so that way you'll fall. You may want to help them, but what you do is you send someone that may be strong in an area that may have not dealt with that situation, and you send them that way. That helps you to be able to help them, but also that helps you also. So that way you don't set yourself in a situation where you end up falling off track. But God can help us to be able to deal with living in this life amongst people who don't appreciate our faith, who don't even acknowledge it. But see, the thing is, we have to keep on going. We can't allow people to influence our walk for God. We can't let people influence who we are. And like I said, that doesn't mean that we're better than them. We just think different. We just think from a different perspective. And guess what? Even God even God helping us to have thicker skin. Because to be honest with you, it doesn't matter what somebody says. If somebody calls us something, if there's someone out of our name, that doesn't make us that. Like we always say, it, it's not what people call you that hurt you, but it's how you respond to it that'll hurt you, how you respond to it. So as much as we can pray for people, we got to remember, we got to pray for ourselves too and not allow people to influence us, not allow people to run us. Uh-uh. I'm going to say it like this. Those who may be listening, we are grown folks. But just because we are grown, we have to allow we have to allow ourselves to remember that we're grown. In other words, if you have your own place, if you have your own vehicle, if you make your own money, only the IRS should tell you what you should do. If those people don't pay your wage, if people are not paying paying you, don't worry about what they say. Don't worry about what they do. If they call you something, hey, don't even respond to it. If that ain't your name, don't even look here. Don't even respond to it. Now, what that ought to let you know is how they are. If they're that way, then you know what? Ask God to help you to have better friends. Or if it's your family, ask God to help you to look over them, love them from afar, and keep on going. I have somebody on the line. I'm going to get ready to um, have them come on there, 
they to share whatever they would like at this time. Hello, welcome to Rigging at My Heart Podcast. You're on air. Hi, I'm just digging your message. I'm just enjoying what okay, you have to say. Okay. okay. Thank, it's right also, on. Thank, thank you. Thank you for uh, letting us. I had no idea that uh, that was a problem earlier, but thank God that God allowed us to still be connected. So yeah. <laughs> I thank God for you and, and uh, keep us up in prayer. Always. All righty. All right. But once again, I, I really appreciate y'all. <clears throat> I really appreciate y'all. I want to make sure that there are some scriptures that I had written down that I wanted to make sure that I had recited them. Okay, this is another one. Y'all can write down Ezekiel, Ezekiel 36 and 26. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You know, I mentioned about us and us trying to live in this life in spite of the negative influence, in spite of the peer pressure and all those things. But I want to share something with you also as I get ready to going to prayer, there may be some things that we may have done in life in the past that we might have regretted. And I'm going to say this. I don't care how long you've lived this life. I don't care who you are. I don't know anybody that have had a flaw, uh, uh, have, have not had, or I mean, I'm going to say it like this. I don't know Anybody who have had a perfect life where they have not failed. There are some things that in our life, I don't care if it's big or small, there are some regrets that we've had in our life that we have made a mistake, we have sinned, we have, if you want to say we have fallen short, we have missed the mark. That's what sin is. Sin is actually missing the mark. We all have done that in somewhere in our life. But thanks be to God, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for the sins of the world. Now, for us to be able to ask him to forgive us and accept him into our life, but also he wants us to forgive ourselves. You know, I'm a, those that know me, I don't mind being transparent. <clears throat> But I remember when I was younger, I ended up having sex before marriage. And I felt so guilty. And I remember going to church and I went to the altar and I asked God to forgive me. And I'll say at the time I I was seeing someone and Next thing you know, I fell again. And then next thing you know, I fell again. And there was a point I was like, man, it began to be a crutch. Now, this is this is something I would share with you also. In me dealing with that, 
when God delivered me, he showed me another area that I did not become aware of, and it showed me why. He showed me why I kept falling, because I had some insecurities. I had some hang-ups in my life, and I felt that my way of expression was to try to seek for a relationship. Now, that relationship was not physical, but what I was looking at was I was looking for love. And when I was looking for love, I ended up getting in traps of those young ladies that wanted the physical. And I felt that all I was good for was that. I dealt with low self-esteem. I dealt with insecurities. And as a result, like I was like I was speaking earlier about spiritual family reunion. The ins- the spirit of insecurity was last known to the spirit of low self-esteem. And the spirit of insecurity and low self-esteem found this other spiritual cousin pertaining to the spirit of fornication. And inside the spirit of insecurity, low self-esteem, fornication, then it came the spirit of lust. And inside of that, all those and then others that was attached to it. Be to God, I can look right now, 2018, and God has cleansed me. God has healed me. God has healed me, and this is what he did. He helped me to forgive myself. He helped me to even go and find those young ladies I've had sex with. And repent to them. Now, get this. When I wanted to repent to them, the devil was in my ear telling me, that's going to make you seem less than a man. Oh, they're not going to respect you. They're going to think you're a punk. And God gave me the strength to tell the devil. I had to talk to the devil and say, you know what? If I was a man to talk them out of their clothes, I'll be more of a man to put their clothes back on them. And God helped me to do that. But see, as I was doing that to help them, God was helping and ministering to me because of my disobedience. And what happened as I was speaking to them, God allowed me to listen to him through me so that way we both could be healed. We both could be helped. So I said all that to say this. It's okay to be saved, and you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was younger, I was kind of in, I was kind of in ashamed to say I was saved as a kid. But now I can proclaim. You know what? I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I love God. I love God's people, and look forward to going to church. And I would proclaim and say it in front of people now, as a man, 46 years old. If I had to do it over again, I would be a virgin until I get married. If I had to do it over again, but since I can't, 
I receive God's forgiveness, and I can tell other people the importance of even keeping yourself till you get married, or even those who may have slipped, those who may who may not have held themselves until they got married. This is what you can do for those of us that are in that situation. You forgive yourself, but also this is what you do. You tell God to preserve, to preserve you sexually until you get married. Now, get this. You don't tell God to kill that desire. You just tell him to put it on preserve. See, something that's killed can't be used again. So when you do get married, you don't want it killed. You ask God to preserve it because once it's preserved at the right time, then that's when it can come into being use, coming to use. And that is not a sin. Sex is a gift from God. But the devil has distorted love and made it lust. Get that. The devil tries to distort love and make it lust. And where it boils down to is selfishness or being impatient, thinking that it will never come. If we wait on God's time, wow, 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 wow. If we wait on God's time, we'll receive love. But when we become impatient and override God's timing, then we get lust. You get that? So ask God to help us in the timing and us to trust him, knowing that he has what's best for us in mind. And I'm telling you, as a believer, you can live a life that's pleasing to God. You can live a life that will be honorable to God, and God can help you to be able to live the life that he has for you. And like I said, the best life that I'm living is right now, being saved, and I have my present help right now. And I realize that God loved me enough that he forgave me of every one of the sins that I've committed. And also, I want to tell you, the same God that loved me, that forgives me, can and will forgive you. He wants you to go to him. We don't have to be in fear. We don't have to we don't have to uh be in panic or even going to God. Tell us, come unto me all you that are labor and heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me from meek and lonely in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. So for those who may be watching, for those who may be listening, and you're wondering, okay, how can I be saved? Romans 10 and 9 tells us, if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ thy Savior, and believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And also, my prayer is for each and every one of us who may be listening, ask God to have us to make better decisions in the people that we keep in our circle. Because a lot of times we pick people in our circle that's actually trying to frustrate 
us spiritually, emotionally. We have good intentions to help people, but we're choosing people that's trying to hurt us. Be prayerful and ask God to help and examine the people that we keep in our circle. Are these the people that God want us to be around? Or are these the people that God want us to send to them or send to someone that will help them? Those are the things we have to think about. If you have any other prayer requests, we're going to hold up each and every prayer request right now. We're going to give everything to God. We're going to leave it at his feet. The Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now, God, thanking all for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God, we acknowledge your presence on tonight, God. God, we ask you, first of all, God, that we've said or done anything that's unlike you, God. God, forgive us, God. And, God, we ask you for your forgiveness and we receive your forgiveness. God, we thank you, Lord, for another chance, God. We thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, God. You have not left us, God. God, even when we strayed away, God, God, you were still right there, God, with open arms, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us, God. God, we even thank you, Lord, for even seeing the best in us, God. When everyone else around us saw the worst in us, God, God, you did not give up on our potential, God, and we thank you for it right now. God, we ask you to help us, God, to resist the devil, God. God, we ask you to help us, God, to not fall on peer pressure right now, God, but God, help us, God, to have a strong will and strong desire, God, to obey you, to trust you, God, no matter what come our way right now. In the name of Jesus, and say about everything you stand for, we bind every problem, we bind every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you've already done, God. We thank you, Lord, for delivering us, God. We thank you, Lord, for helping us, God. God, we even speaking, God, for those, God, who may feel weak right now, God. Strengthen them right now, God. Those who may feel lonely, God. Those who may feel alone, God. They might be the only same one in the family, God. But God, we speaking, God, that you upgird them right now, God. And God, even send people, God, that's going to minister to them, God, that, that will support them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, God, there may be those, God, who may feel like, you know what, they want to help get their family saved, God. But, God, help them to understand, God. Only you can do that right now, God. And, God, even helping them, God, to be the light, God, in that dark world right now, God. God, help them, God, to continue to be the light, God. Even if they're the only ones shining in the family or even at the workplace, God. Help them, God, to keep their light burning right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, even when they get weak, God, emotionally weak, spiritually weak, God, when their spiritual electricity is out, God, you kick in as a generator, God, and you shine on in them right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And I'll be speaking, God, for those who may be sick, God, touch and heal their bodies right now. In the name of Jesus, God, those who may be uh, struggling right now with something, some type of addiction, God, we speak, God, that you bring deliverance and victory, God, and healing right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we even speaking, God, even to the families, God, help the families, God, encourage the families, God, God, help them, God, to band together, God, like never before right now, God. We bind every spirit of division right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we even speaking, God, for those who may be strung out, God, those who may need a deliverance of 
drugs, God, alcohol, or pornography, God, God, any type of sexual vice right now, God, that the devil is trying to play with them with, God, even though they may be disturbed in their mind, the trouble in their mind right now, God, God, we even bind the spirit of panic attack, God, of fear right now, God, anxiety right now, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done and what you're going to do right now. We praise your name, God, and God, we ask you to help us, God, to praise you in advance right now, God, not just for what you can do, but more importantly, for who you are right now, God, and we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who's tuned in and who's supporting this program. If you have any suggestions on future topics, feel free to contact me on Brother Prater. I'm on Facebook. On Facebook, you can read my daily devotions and videos on my page, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, or you can go to my website, at www.brotherprater.org. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can see my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men of the needs and responsibilities toward their children, their family, their spouse, or even children's mother to inform single women the needs of men and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in to listen to the show and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.